0: In this episode, I'm speaking with Kristen Eskivius, an executive coach, speaker, facilitator, yoga and mindfulness instructor, and the founder of Courageous Growth. She did her undergrad and master's in statistics with minors in psychology and math, and has 15 years of corporate retail experience in analytics, strategy, and CRM. She completed her 200-hour yoga teacher training in 2017, and you'll hear about how she incorporates the body-mind connection into coaching, and how she's brought coaching into her yoga circles what i love about this conversation is that kristen offers a fresh perspective as someone who has been coaching professionally for less than two years at this point point. and you can tell how much depth wisdom and sheer excitement she brings to this art and to her clients we talk about overcoming newness breaking free from the mold the qualities that she looks for in great clients defining ourselves without labels Working in as well as on your business, making it up and befriending the messiness, the value of having your own coach, the nuances of one-on-one versus group coaching, and much more. There's something really special about Kristen that I can't quite put my finger on, but I can feel it. And I left this conversation feeling really inspired and energized. I hope you do too. Okay. Well, happy Friday.
1: Happy Friday.
0: (laughs) All right. Kristen, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Excited to be here.
0: Yeah. I'd love to start today with asking you, how do you describe what you do?
1: (laughs) Today or the journey of how I describe what I do?
0: Let's start with today.
1: Mm. Well, when people ask me what I do, I wake up and I'm like, I'm so excited what I get to do every day. Like I get to help people learn about themselves and fall in love with their life and create a life that they're really excited about waking up to. That's what I feel so excited about when I think about like what's on my calendar for the day. So I guess the bottom line of how I describe what I do is I help people get to know themselves and what really matters so that they can be excited about their life.
0: I love mm-hmm. that. I feel like you've been able to sort of describe it so succinctly, like there's so much behind that. Um, so now I am wondering, how has it evolved <laughs> since you started? And uh, I know, just remind me, when did you kind of get into coaching? How mm-hmm. long ago was that?
1: Well, to be honest, I really didn't know a lot about coaching. So when I discovered coaching, it was in 2017 when I got my first coach. And I just remember I was like, oh, my God, this is like the best kept secret. Everybody needs a coach in their pocket. And then I went to CTI and I was like, and CTI is the magical medicine that, like, can make it happen for everybody. So at the beginning, when I started my CTI classes in 2018, I mean, I was a blubbering, like, person, just, like, so full of fire and excitement about what this coaching thing was that I was like, I already need to. Like, you learn so much about yourself, and it's just going to help you, like, be so excited about your life. And, like, it was just this pure excitement. Mm. And so... When I started certification late, like mid-2018, that's when I was like, oh, I got the best succinct description. It's professionally facilitated change. Mm. So that just was like, okay, that's so simple and easy. And then as I started like enrolling clients and trying to find clients and get people to trust me with this coaching thing, um, I described a lot of like what and how coaching worked and they were kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I really get that. <laughs> and so where, where I'm at now is it's less about the how and the what. It's more like, why does this really matter and what's really possible? And so I think as a newer coach, it's like giving myself permission to let it be messy and also that I get to make it up and change it. So like, what I'm describing to you today is probably going to be different if you were to ask me even in a week from now. So I just try to speak true from my heart of what it means for me and why I think it's important.
0: Yeah. So CTI is the Coactive Training Institute. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned being able to learn about yourself. So what about coaching or like the CTI program really helps to accelerate or to facilitate that?
1: Mm. I don't know if we're always so self-aware of like how we show up in the world. I think a lot, like I think about my own life pre-coaching and, it was um, was kind of embarrassing, but it's okay. It's like a lot of just going through the motions and trying so hard to like make things work. And what I recognize with coaching is it was less about, again, like how to do something, but more like, discovering what do I want to stand for? What do I want to be about in the world? And then what? Do, how am I going to live my life in alignment with that? And so CTI is the catalyst for helping me discover purpose and values and really living a life in accordance to those. And that's the path of fulfillment that I truly want that maybe I would have got there with coaching or without coaching. I don't know. Um, but I think that is the heart of the CTI model is really building that resonance of what could be possible with a life of aliveness. And so that's why I think coaching is just like the best kept secret that I don't want to be a secret. And I want everybody to have the experience of.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You said earlier that there's sort of this messiness about it. Right. And, um, I'm wondering for people out there who are like, we are helping people with their with their lives. Like this is important stuff. How do we navigate this? Maybe it's a paradox of like being okay with being messy, but also honoring the the gravitas oh. that we are responsible for.
1: Oh. Well, that's so interesting because what comes to mind for me is that. I see this as such sacred work. It is such like a humbling experience that somebody really opens up their heart, their mind, their life to me and trust that I'm going to guide them. But something that you said about being responsible, I think is where I'd maybe like offer a reframe because ultimately I'm not responsible. I'm the guide we all as leaders, as individuals, we're all leaders. We have the responsi- We have the choice to be responsible for our lives. And so when I think about like the messiness and the sacredness of it, that's part of why I ask clients to commit to a six month journey because it's not just a come talk to me for an hour and I'm going to give you your life purpose and your values and design this perfect life and then you're just going to go do it because you're conditioned by like, all the years of your life that you've lived so far. So I say messy in the sense that you're going to try something and it's going to work and you're going to try like five other things and it's not going to work. And the coach is what helps hold you accountable to that vision, to that purpose that really is your North star. And is there to support and champion you when you succeed and when it's messy and just to give you that encouragement you need to keep going? Because sometimes it's hard to keep going by yourself that makes sense to you?
0: I mean, from my personal experience, it has been such a magical journey (laughs) of like getting really deep into those things. Um, So I'm wondering a bit about, you know, as you've been evolving on this, what kind of people now do you really, really like working with? Like who, who's sort of your really inspiring ideal type of person?
1: (laughs) Oh, I just love people. Oh my gosh. I love people. So I am giggling because I have had a little bit of resistance to this question or maybe a lot of resistance to this question because I, I just really love this work and I think it can really make an impact if the person is willing and open. And so as I think about who is my like if I could just pluck out my dream clients, it's somebody who is just really wanting more meaning or impact in their life. And they're like, there's gotta be a better way than how I'm like pushing myself through life right now. They're wanting to find like ease and flow and liveness and breaking away from like the mold of how they think it should be done or how they've been told it should be done. And like really discovering what it is to live the most authentic version of them. So that could be a lot of people. I mean, I've worked with 20-year-olds. I've worked with 70-year-olds. I work with CEOs and interns, like artists and musicians and photographers to like senior-level executives in creative and in marketing and finance. So it's not a specific label of somebody it's just like the qualities that they bring into coaching cuz when those qualities are there it's like we do some pretty amazing work together
0: there's a question coming up for me here which is i think a common one with a lot of people who are starting to get into coaching you've never been an executive or like a c level um have you nope so how how is it possible that you're able to coach <laughs> ceos i mean why you
1: Hmm, well why not me? Right? I mean this what I really think is once I got over um the title of people and we just treat people as humans, it doesn't matter what someone's label comes in with. Like I was even in an interview, um, gosh, it was probably late last year, and someone said, if you to described yourself without a title, like not mom, not director of blah blah blah, you know, what would, how would you describe yourself? And when we let ourselves go to that place and we give the permission to other people to go to that place, we just build a human-to-human connection. And so if you're willing to see somebody as a human and recognize if there's a connection in chemistry, then you can do great work together. It doesn't matter what their level or their background is.
0: There's no way that I cannot ask you this question now. <laughs> so how would you describe yourself without any titles?
1: Ah. Uh. Hmm. <laughs> I set myself up for that one. That was yeah, good.
0: did. <laughs> hmm.
1: Well, it comes back to my purpose. And I think about what I want to be about in the world. And it's living courageously with compassion and vulnerability. And I really have this deep desire to make a big impact in the world and doing meaningful work by serving people. That's how I want to be known. That's what I want to be about. And I'm pretty proud to say, like, I think that's what I do pretty well most days. (laughs) I do have my bad days. I will not be, I will be honest about that.
0: Yeah, it's amazing. So let's explore some of that vulnerability um, for a moment. Uh, So as you've been on this journey, um, what are some of the big challenges that you faced and how have you navigated them?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because as much as I still feel new, um, and think about the challenges that I faced, a lot of the challenges have really been my own. My own, like conquering my—I don't know—conquering. What have been my big challenges? My big challenges have really been around trying to figure out what's the right way to do something or how to do it like good the first time. (laughs) And so I would say is, you know, I was thinking about what are all the different challenges I faced? I think it's comes down to being a beginner again. You know, my past life, I was in analytics and strategy roles, I've undergraded master's in statistics. And like I was hired and paid and did really well because I came in with data and expertise and a, an opinion that was backed up and like, I was really good at it. And then to go all the way back down to the bottom of the totem pole it felt like I was like, I'm such a beginner on so many levels. Like I'm a beginner and uh, I don't think I am a coach, but actually I look back and I'm like, I was a coach my whole life. And I don't know how to build a business, but I look at all the key things that it takes to run a business. And I'm like, I can see different experiences that I've had that have prepared me to be able to run a business. Um, Creating clients, like how do you get people to want to work with you? And I'm like, Oh, I love connecting with people. I just love people. So lean in. So I guess the bottom line is less about, Oh, I'm so new. It's like, how do I lean into my strengths? how do I lean into the things that I already have done and recognize why I'm doing what I'm doing like that's given me the perseverance to challenge like push through any challenge that's come up
0: mm. so on the business side I think you know that one's really fascinating how you know lots of people out there love people and they want to help people they want to serve but they' they're sort of feel daunted is that a word yeah. they are yeah, they it's, daunting. Daun- it, it's daunting. It's <laughs> daunting to think about building a business, especially mm. if you haven't had that kind of experience as an entrepreneur. Um, what was one of the biggest lessons or sort of learnings for you around how to build a business and set things up for yourself?
1: Yeah. Well, when I so the biggest. Lesson learned about how to build a business came when I was in certification and at this turning point of am I really gonna go do this coaching thing or am I gonna like stay in my comfort zone in my lane and keep climbing the corporate ladder? And two people that I highly respect both had the same advice and it was you need to work in your business as much as you work on your business. So if your business is coaching, 50% of your time allocate to coaching and 50% of your time to building and running a coaching business. And I was, I didn't really know what that meant um, at the time, like at the beginning. Like I think I either read it or heard it in the Prosperous Coach or Rich Lipkin podcast somewhere. And then my certification coach, I hired her with the intention of like getting some badass coaching and wanted to tap into her expertise of building and running a coaching business. And she's like, you really need to think, put your business hat on and think about your business, like a business and then go do your magic and be a coach. And so it really was like a a push and pull. Like I'm even feeling myself like, like, kind of like talking (laughs) about it. Um, it's just giving yourself space to do the business things that are required and the discipline to keep up with them. Hmm. It's important.
0: How would you say that that split is today between the in and on your business?
1: It like ebbs and flows. I mean, there are some days where, yeah, I'm like in my spreadsheets, updating my client hours and my, I don't know, all of my expenses and all of the taxes stuff. And I'm just like, it's like, you know, but it serves a purpose because I love the fact that I get to have my own business. And then there's other days that I'm just in pure creativity mode and flow of like working on creating um, like new offerings for coaching and group coaching or just in flow coaching. And so what I've designed in my calendar is try to like group like activities together so that Mm. I'm doing my like business work in a segmented condensed amount of time. And it's not overflowing to like right before a coaching session because the energy required and the mindset required is so different. So that's, what's been really helpful to help me to get into like this, maybe more like a state of flow with all the parts of the business. Yeah. It's not really a very articulated answer there, but that's all right.
0: And so do you sort of have like certain days where you'll do all of your business activities and then all coaching activities or how do you break up your your week?
1: Well, how I would like to break up and how I actually do it are totally <laughs> yeah, <sure>. different. <laughs> but I would say um, it, ch- it changes week to week because I, d- I schedule what I like first, to be honest, right? Like I, I put... I make the time for my clients and then for fun things like connection, such as meeting with you in this podcast or other people that I just love and admire and want to be in touch with. Um, And then I'll look to my week to say, okay, where do I have space to then go slot in the business stuff? But on a monthly basis, like I definitely have two dedicated days throughout the month that I'm like, these are my get business done days.
0: A business day
1: <laughs> yeah. i'm
0: thinking about the business socks
1: <laughs> i put my blazer on no <laughs> my glasses i got my spreadsheets and my coffee <laughs> not really but you know what i mean yeah hmm.
0: earlier you mentioned or you described coaching as working your magic and I, I just, just love that because I personally just believe that coaching is magic, right? There's there's an art about it. There's sort of a science about it, and then there's just stuff that we can't really explain that that happens. <laughs> I, that sort of X factor, you know, for me is just part of what makes it so wonderful. So I'm wondering for you now that you've been doing this for a few years, how would you describe Kristen's unique magic? What is it that you bring and offer and give and how do you serve your clients?
1: Mm. Well, I think it just is the theme of a little bit of what I've been talking about is that I love people. I always have loved people. And so I'm such a fierce advocate for them. And I am, I see the best in people and I really hold this big vision of what's possible for them. And I do it with a lot of compassion where I give people permission to like bring their messy stuff and and befriend it and say thank you to it because those messy parts of us have also helped us survive and sometimes thrive in our lives up until this point. And by holding that big vision, it's like illuminating this new set of possibilities where they could see themselves showing up in a different way or creating that dream life or like going after the things on their bucket list. So I think it's just this love for people that I have. Um, and I think the other part is I'm so deeply committed to this work, not only in serving others through it, but also doing my own work. Mm. Like sometimes I'm like, yay, I'm doing the work. It's so amazing. I love this self-discovery stuff. And other times am like, oh, I'm like, in the work and it's so <laughs> hard and, oh now i like now i see it and i can't unsee it and it's like so confronting but that's the path of like for me authentic living of like really being alive and looking at how am i showing up and what what choices am i making and how is it serving me or not and i think because i dare to go to like the depths of who i am do a lot of deep work, that helps me be really, really present with and in the stuff with my clients.
0: Yeah. And what do you notice in terms of how your clients respond to you based Mm. on having that love for people and having done or are still doing that work?
1: Mm. They amaze me. Yeah, my clients amaze me. I think they really feel supported and seen and safe. And when you have that energy in a container, like they're willing to be more vulnerable and honest with me than maybe majority, if not anybody that they ever have in their life. And that's where I'm getting at like this is such sacred work. Um, Because when we have that trust, that vulnerability opens up, like true magic and transformation happens. Mm. It's pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, I just felt that over here. (laughs) For the people that are listening, how might you guide them to bring a little bit more of your magic into their practice?
1: Mm. Well, my number one... Advice, not a coaching thing at all. My number one advice is work with a coach. Like every good coach has a coach. And so being willing to keep doing your own work and take yourself to the fringes or the edge or past the edge of your own comfort zone. Because the more you learn about yourself, then you just become this like open conduit of change and possibility and transformation for people. And also, I would say just really like serve people. Remember that like as a coach, it's really about the other person. It's not about you. It's not about me looking good. It's not about me getting you to do something. It's just be with the person, love them, be with their messiness, be with their brilliance and just support them through whatever it is that they're going through.
0: There's something else here that I and I feel like asking, which is you. I mean, you have a lot that's going on in your personal life too, in terms of your. You have a family. You have two daughters. You have a dog. I mean, you know, for someone else who also is thinking about making this transition and this leap, who also might have a lot of things also going on, how have you been able to navigate that?
1: <laughs> I guess how how I've been able to navigate the change from. My corporate days into now being a coach full-time has really been through some soul-searching of why it matters, one. And then two, like a strong partnership with my husband, you know, when we were both deciding of what do I, what do I do? Do I leave this very successful corporate career and like go back to the beginning And what's that going to look like from a financial standpoint? So we really did a lot of looking at what our expenses. I mean, with two young kids paying for two preschools at one point during this journey, which is living in the Bay Area is pretty crazy. And so we just had to have that honest conversation of like, great. Yay, I found my passion, my purpose, and I love what I do. But like also be smart about it. And so I heard this perspective I think it was from gabby bernstein and she said you know what if you could think about your career your old career the career you're currently in as like a a silent partner or an investor in this life you're creating and so rather than just be like screw it and throw everything up in the air i'm going to do this figure out if this coaching thing is the thing i just took it like step by step like i dipped my toe in the water and tried the first class through CTI. And then I was like, Oh, I think I like this. And then I just kept going through and then got through certificates to certification. And we still was like, I'm not sure if like I really want to go out and build my own business. And over the course of this, my training and the work with my husband, we were able to look at it like a business and see How long could we go if I made nothing or if I made something? And then how much did something need to be? And at what point does it need to get to a place where we're back to starting to grow our savings again and set ourselves up for retirement? So it's like exciting and it's so exhilarating to find that passion and that spark and whatever it is that sets you alive. And for me, it's been coaching. And then also just to be smart and thoughtful about it. Um, to make sure that I, I still wanted to uphold my responsibilities with my family and my mortgage, and my kids and my husband, and all the things that we also just like to do and have in our life. So it's it's the blend and the partnership with him, just being really open and transparent with, you know, honest about where we are, what we need, and how we can make it work.
0: So you've talked a bit about this, um, but I'd love to get a bit more depth. What is. What's happening now for you? Like, what are you thinking about these days? What are you working on in your coaching business? Mm. And if you have any sort of trade secrets, you don't have to mention those. But
1: <laughs> 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 no trade secrets. I'm a pretty open book. Um, when it comes to what I'm working on in my coaching business, I'd say I started out the gate with really wanting to just work with clients one-on-one. And it's so fulfilling and exciting and great, great work. And what I also recognized is I love being in groups. And so this year it's expanding what that might look like and what could be possible by doubling down on some efforts. So last year I'd say I dabbled with group work. I was offering like random group coaching classes here and there, whether that was like events that I hosted myself and renting out space in San Francisco or I was hosting group coaching sessions at my yoga studio, which I'm so grateful that oh, I got to do that, mm-hmm. and give people just an experience of like, what is coaching, and why? What could I get from it, and why would I want to work with a coach? And what I discovered, which was surprising in the moment, but now looking back, is not so surprising. Is there's magic that happens when you bring people together, like people want to be in connection we're humans we're meant to connect and so what happens in these group settings is one person being courageous enough to share something real whether that's a real struggle or a celebration or something they're just thinking about it gives other people permission to do the same and it also gives people a perspective of like oh I'm not alone like I'm not the only one that's thinking or challenged with this thing or struggling with something Mm. and whether or not they shared that in the group, you know, I always collect feedback from my women and the men that come to these sessions. And I remember there was this younger woman, she came with her mom and it was so sweet to have them in the class together. And she was like, it made me feel so much better about the challenges that I'm facing as an someone in my early 20s, and how much I'm struggling with like, really knowing who I am and what I want by hearing someone who's my mom's age, still grappling with that same issue. And so there's this normalizing that happens when we do share our vulnerable sides, because then we recognize we're not alone. Like we're really not alone. And we're not alone in the things that which we're we're challenged by or struggling with. And so much of our culture right now, like we don't really give permission or create safe space for people to air those things. And so where I'm wanting to go is create these sacred circles where people come together. They get to have the gift of coaching as just a tool to support them on their journey but really to bring people together so that they can inspire one another and learn from each other and share their wisdom with the group. Because we all have so much expertise and knowledge and care and love and compassion and brilliance inside of us. And so how do you just draw that out and like raise the collective together now, I'm just so excited and inspired by this. So that's what I'm working on this year is how do I do that in a way that is really going to resonate with people. It's going to be meaningful for people and they become this community that sticks together through this process, but then they've built this sisterhood or brotherhood and it becomes a resource of support and light for them even beyond.
0: i got my hand on my heart right now. <laughs> wow. The image I'm getting is like, you know, all these people that are coming together and, you know, all this stuff that typically divides us or categorizes us just melting away. Like you were saying earlier with the titles or these boxes or, and just being more, more human, if you will, right. Around love and and things like that. That Sounds amazing. Oh, I have to ask you, how did you get into coaching people in your yoga class? Like, how did that unfold?
1: Oh, I have the best mentor. My my teacher, Stacy, who owns the studio. She has been my teacher for 10 plus years. And I've always been like a big fan and champion and supporter of hers and likewise her for me. And she was the one that like gave, gave me my first yoga class when I went through teacher training. And I was like, I don't care. I will take any class. Like... <laughs> I just want to start teaching. Like this was my bucket list, dream job, like teach yoga. And so I'm not even a morning person. And I signed up for a 6 a.m. yoga class <laughs> before. And then I had to go commute into San Francisco and teach or like go to work, do my other, my other job. And so she's just always been such a supporter. And I was telling her my idea. And she's like, great, just tell me your idea, whatever you want to do, and we'll make it happen. So I put together marketing flyers and I just tell everybody in my classes, like, there's this workshop, and this was like back at the beginning days, and I was like really fumbling. Like, I don't know why you should come to this thing. I don't even know how to explain it, but please <laughs> come. It's going to be so brilliant and amazing, and you're going to love it, and you're going to learn something about yourself. I think people just saw how passionate, and enthusiastic I was about it, and they trust me. I mean, I've been I've been teaching most of them for about at least a year now. At that point, and so I just threw together these coaching classes, and I, I mean, I spent a lot of time on trying to get the flyer right and trying to get the content right and create really nice handouts to support the process. And uh, all that just went out the window when we got in the room and the people were there and we just had this great special hour together to go deep and learn something new. And it just really made me see the power of bringing people together and how much Mm. coaching could just be one of the ways that that happens. Mm. So, Incredible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For someone listening who might be like, "Wow, oh, that's a great idea. I could really try that. Is there anything that you wish you might have done differently with respect to bringing, you know, coaching into one of your existing groups or circles?
1: What I think I, what I would have wanted to do differently is maybe just to still be able to articulate a little bit better about what, what they would get out of coming and like why it would matter less about, you know, them trying to understand me and why I cared about it, but more like, okay, what's the impact this is going to have on them. Yeah. And then even just saying that I'm like, throw that out the window. Just do something because you don't know until you do something, right? Like my perfectionism says, Kristen, you should have better marketing flyers or you should have articulated it better. Or like, there's a ton of things that I wish I would have, could have, should have done. And at the end of the day, it's like, sometimes if you just have a calling in your intuition or like a desire to try something, like screw it, just go for it and then learn because, I don't know. Like I'm just making stuff up all the time and learning. <laughs> I just keep going. Yeah.
0: So now as you look out, you know, the future, let's say the next five or 10 years in terms of the industry and coaching, what do you see as, as really being um, meaningful and important over the next decade?
1: Mm. I mean, means I think ahead about coaching and what, I predict will happen. No data or scientific evidence behind (laughs) this. My opinion, solely my opinion. I think there will be a more, I don't know if this is the word, democratization of coaching. I think coaching will become a lot more accessible. I mean, I'm already seeing that with, um, I don't want to say it's a proliferation of coaching platforms, but Coaching platforms are continuing to pop up that are offering coaching at a much lower rate than 10 years ago. 10 years ago, it was very high price point coaching for senior level C-suite executives and now being able to have more affordable options to be able to tap into a wider audience and really give this gift of coaching to new managers, mid-level managers In organizations, I think has been so exciting to see that start to happen. And then I'd say, I I think this group coaching thing is going to get bigger because there's the knowledge industry is growing and creating these group coaching offerings allows for more people to gain the benefits and the impact at a lower cost um, and in that community. And so I think that will continue to grow. Um, And then I think on the like credential side, because the bar to enter coaching is so low, my hope is that there's still like an increased emphasis on, like I don't want to say qualified coaches, but certified coaches. Mm -hmm. I think there is, I could have called myself a coach before, but I think what is really great about ICF and what they are standing for particular with the standards of ethics is that we want to have a certain bar of what we mean when we say coaching. And I think the ethics is so important to really protect, protect the sacred space and the sacred work that we're doing. And I think the last thing that I see happening in the future of coaching is also really leveraging all the coaching skills and Principles to be able to help leaders not just be a leader, be a manager, but also be a coach. And if I look at leadership models like the leadership circle as one, for example, so many of the creative competencies that are proven to be associated with really true effective leadership have underpinnings of like coaching qualities. So, how do we really help leaders lead in a way that leverages coaching? to bring out the best in themselves, to bring out the best in their teams, because I think that could be really, really profound.
0: Can you give us an example of one of those underlying competencies?
1: Yeah, so they there's one dimension within the leadership circle called relating, and it talks about building caring and connection and fostering trust. And imagine a leader who casts a great vision, has great decision quality, and ability to like have strategic focus and that human element. We're really seeing the best in others and drawing that out in them and building those strong relationships. Because when people feel seen and valued and heard and appreciated, they're happier and happier people are more engaged and more engaged people do better work. And (laughs) then they drive better results. So it's a win, win, win. And so how do we really help leaders see that and live in their creativeness, less in fear-based reactionary mode? Hmm. I mean, that would be a profound ripple across the way that organizations operate. Game-changing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I got a lot of energy about that one.
0: Yeah, I can tell. man. (laughs) For a future episode, perhaps. (laughs) All right. Awesome. How about some rapid-fire questions?
1: Okay, let's do it.
0: right. Who's a coach that you admire and why?
1: Mm, I got so many coaches that I admire. But the first one that comes to mind is Marla Skibbons. She was my instructor during Synergy at um, CTI in my last course. And she just has this ferocious, fierce commitment to coaching. Like She's like, this is my life's work. And that was so inspiring to me. Like, this is my life work, too. And just to see someone that's really tapped into their passion, their purpose, and they've built a life doing this meaningful work, it's like, oh, I can, too.
0: (laughs) If you could magically acquire one artistic skill, what would it be?
1: Mm, I would love to be able to play the piano. Piano? Yeah. Like, I just... There's, there tends to be a piano that pops up randomly here and there. And I love to just sit down and like bust out some beautiful music that gets people to stop in their tracks, be present in the moment and allow themselves to be moved by music. Cause that's what happens to me.
0: Wow. I can, I can picture that. It's like, all right, <laughs> chopsticks, here we go. <laughs> it's like The whole train station stops. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's one tip you have for creating or enrolling clients?
1: Mm. Ask a lot of questions and just listen, listen, listen. People will want to work with you when they feel understood, not when they understand you.
0: Oh, so good, so good. What's one of your favorite coaching exercises or activities?
1: Oh. Mm. Well, maybe one of the coaching skills that I really love and I'm working with right now is embodiment. Mm. We get so in our head and a lot of the leaders I work with, we're like thinking so hard. And so I love getting people into their body to tap into the wisdom of just noticing how are they sitting and what's it like when they're crunched over and stressed out and how do you get them to like stand up and open up and feel big and recognize like, all that's really possible when they just can like change their body. It's fun. Yeah. Such, that's so fun.
0: There's so much wisdom in the body, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there really is.
0: We talked about this a little bit before the show. What's your morning routine right now?
1: Ooh, Well, right now we are in shelter in place. So <laughs> my morning routine has really shifted. And as much as I said maybe like earlier in this talk that I'm not a morning person, I've become a morning person. So I wake up at 5 a.m., I walk downstairs and start my coffee and while my coffee's brewing I journal for probably about ten minutes and then get my coffee and I either dive into training so I'm doing a new online training course or I like really leverage that time for creative thinking. Everyone in the house is asleep, it's quiet, I put on some nice like music, whatever I'm feeling in the vibe for that day. And I just like really sink in and drop in and my mind just gets like lit up and on fire and then around eight o'clock we have family breakfast
0: okay so you have a good you know couple hours where you can sort of uh, be in your own world and like make progress on things that are really important to you
1: Mm
0: -hmm. nice what activity or hobby outside of coaching has contributed meaningfully to your coaching practice
1: oh yoga yoga has Changed my life, saved my life, and helps me be a good person. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) talking about accessing the wisdom of our body, like yoga really helps me get out of my own head and into my body and recognizing just like how am I really feeling today and what do I really need and get grounded and stay grounded and really in touch with the present moment. And that is so powerful, not only as a coach but as a human being.
0: Fun question. If you were a dessert, what kind would you be and why?
1: (laughs) I have no idea what kind of dessert I would be, but I'm going to reframe your question and say, if I could have any dessert, what would it be? It would be creme brulee. Like hands down, when that is on the menu, we're getting it. I don't even care how full I am, but creme brulee is my jam. I don't even know what that's a metaphor for, but that's my jam.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's always room for creme brulee in person's life. Yes. (laughs) What is one resource that you'd recommend for newer coaches who are starting out?
1: One resource I would I always recommend is listen to the audiobook, The Prosperous Coach. It's so helpful. And there's so many great tips. And so it's not only listen to it, but find one thing in the book that you can take into action to help you with wherever you are. And for me, that one thing was, there's a section about enrolling clients, creating clients, and it just, Gave me a really simple step process and some questions that I used when I was starting that now I've kind of adapted and made my own.
0: Just as a side note, that's the one I also recommend all the time, too. I, I feel lucky to have found that in the first like two weeks of this journey, you know, just mm. like go on Amazon and man, I, I listen to it twice in a week. Yeah. I was like, damn, this is some good shit.
1: <laughs> it's so good. It's and I so even good. go back and I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. It's like brilliance. Yeah yeah
0: okay if there's one piece of advice and you've had a lot of advice so far which has been amazing that that you could impart on the audience before we wrap up what would it be
1: mm. my one piece of advice is to trust yourself we doubt ourselves so much i know i fall into that trap quite a bit and so trust yourself, trust the wisdom in you, trust all of your life experience that you're bringing to the table. Like just give yourself space to be able to tap into that inner knowing, to be able to trust yourself. And if you have no idea what that means, like hire a coach and figure it out because what sooner you can trust yourself, like the easier and more fun it is.
0: And this has been really fun. How can people find you?
1: Well, I'm on LinkedIn and I have a website, kristinskevious.com. So you can feel free to look me up and I would say, if anybody ever wants to reach out, I love, you know, I really do love people. So reach out and I would say, give me something to like know about you too. What I don't what I'm going to put my preference. What I don't like is like the random, Hey, let's link in. And I'm like, who are you? And how did you find me? And why do you want to link in? But if you just share a little bit about yourself or something that you liked about this podcast or something inspiring or interesting or something genuine, like that gets me a little bit excited and more likely to respond.
0: That's a great tip. (laughs) Well, thank you, Kristen. This has been such a pleasure. Mm. Uh, Thanks a lot for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so fired up and like, thanks for just giving me the space to talk about all the stuff that I love. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Mm.